Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What you're about to hear is a life-changing word from God through Pastor Steve Allen Sr. of Destiny Christian Center in Laplace, Louisiana. Enjoy the message and be blessed in the Lord. Dealing with confidence, springboard to success. Our foundational text is Hebrews 10 and 35 that says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Um, In our first two lessons, we discussed why confidence is important uh, and the characteristics of a confident person. And then on last Wednesday, I said that there's a giant that we're going to have to expel. Uh, We're going to have to get rid of if we're going to really enter into the promised land of confidence. And that giant is called insecurity. Insecurity means to feel unsure. It means to be uncertain. Um, Insecurity is self-doubt. It's doubting one's ability. It's, uh, it's a feeling of inadequacy. Um, a person may be insecure in several, several areas of their life. They could be insecure about their appearance. They could be insecure about their communication skills. They could be insecure about their educational level. Uh, we also say that people are not born insecure, but insecurity is a learned behavior. Uh, and the person becomes insecure through four factors, authority figures, environment, Uh, repetitious information and experiences. And again, whatever or whoever has made you insecure, we're believing God that you're going to be delivered from insecurity and you will be a great person of confidence. Anybody believe that? In our last lesson, we talked about the symptoms of uh, insecure person. I gave you 18 symptoms on last week. Uh, Tonight, I want to begin this lesson with three major manifestations of insecurity, and, uh, and we'll close this lesson out with talking about the cure. Uh, the first major manifestation of insecurity is excuse-making. Insecure people are giving to, given to making excuses. Uh, last week, we looked at Moses in Exodus. God called Moses and told him to go and deliver his people. And the first thing that he did was to give an excuse. And insecure people will not pursue certain opportunities for the fear of failure or the inadequacy for the the task. Uh, I was thinking earlier when I was in, um, is it getting cool now? Y'all all all right? Y'all cut that off, please. Thank you very much. I feel it on my back. Uh, When I was uh, in high school, I'll never forget this. I was walking out of the cafeteria and the football coach asked me to play football. Uh, but I was, I refused because I was afraid to fail. I didn't play, uh, not because I didn't have the potential, because I believe I had the potential. Can I just believe that I had the potential? <laughs> but I had this feeling that it was too hard for me, and uh, I had that thing of what if? What if I go out for the team and I don't make it? But what if I do? And I do make it, and I become very successful. Uh, But I was insecure. Insecure people minimize their abilities and maximize the task that's before them. Have you ever done that before? You minimize your abilities and maximize the task. This this thing is too big for me. But the Bible says, is there anything too hard for God? And God lives on the inside of you. Now, let's look at excuses. Excuse or an excuse is an exemption from responsibility. Excuses rob you of development 
by releasing you from the obligation of making a demand on your potential. You want me to say that again? Excuses rob you of development by releasing you from the obligation of making a demand on your potential. An excuse will always rob you. It robs you of your integrity. Folk that make a lot of excuses usually end up lying. <laughs> Am I right about it? <laughs> if, they, if, you, if you're always making up excuses, some, at some point you're going to end up being a liar. The second major manifestation of insecurity is a controlling personality. People who love to control folk are insecure. Now, 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 most of the time, they don't, they don't look insecure, but they are. Insecure people turn into controllers. These are people who need, like a title, they need a position to make themselves feel important. These are people who are territorial. They don't want anybody in their space. They always need to be in control. They need to be needed. You know anybody that needs to be needed? You can't do that without me. They have this excessive need for things to be done their way. Some husbands are controllers. Some wives are controllers. I, I, listen, let me tell you something. Can, uh, when I first got married, I, I had a controlling spirit. And it was because of insecurity. I'm telling you, I was so controlling. And I was miserable and she was miserable. When you have that type of attitude, that kind of spirit, everybody's miserable. I mean, I wanted to know everything, every moment, every second. Where, you, where are you? I'm trying to control what she look at. Pull up next to the car. Don't let a dude be in the car next to us. What you looking at? I'm, I'm talking to her. What, you want to get up in the car with him? All of that was because of my insecurities. And people that are insecure try to control people. You need to see how some people are looking at me right now. The third manifestation of insecurity, listen to this, is a, we're going we're gonna to deal with this one for a minute, a critical and judgmental personality. Now, some of us are very critical and very judgmental. You always have something negative to say about somebody or something. And I want you to understand this. The reason why you're, you always see the dark side of things is because you're insecure. Hmm. Go to 1 Samuel. We're going to go back to this because we have a great example. 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to read verses 28 and 29. You have your Bibles? Listen, listen to this. And Eliab, his eldest brother, talking about David's brother, heard when he spake unto the men and Eliab's anger was kindled against David and he said why camest thou down hither and with whom hast thou left those few ship, sheep, ship, uh, sheep in the wilderness 
I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou might have seen the battle. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Now, David's brother is a classic example of a person who has a critical and judgmental personality. Now, let me say this. Let me, let me say this to you first before I get into this. Successful people never sit around talking about people. Uh, successful people are just too busy for that. But most of the time, folk that talk about other folk want what they have. Eliab got angry because he overheard David talking with confidence and David wasn't even talking to him. Now, David was talking to somebody else, and he overheard the conversation, and he got mad at him about the conversation he heard. Isn't it amazing how some folk can get uh, angry about a church that they don't even attend? <laughs> or, uh, y'all know I'm telling you, get angry about a pastor they don't even know? Why do people get angry over stuff that's not even their business? Ooh. The Amplified Bible says that Eliab said, I know your presumption and the evilness of your heart. The Living Bible says that Eliab called David a cocky brat. Now, why is he calling David all of these names? And why is he so hostile against David? What is going on in Eliab's head? Why is he so critical and why is he so judgmental of David? After all, God was the orchestrator of David's life. You know, you know, and we got to get to the place when people start hating on us and people start being judgmental. You just got to tell them, look, don't get mad at me. Get mad at God. He's the one blessing me. Why you got to have that? God gave it to me. Talk to him. Let's look at Eliab and we will find out why he's so critical and why he's so judgmental. And maybe after we look at Eliab, we'll find out why we can be critical and why we can be judgmental at times. I think that we can find a hint of it in verse number 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, talking about Goliath, fled from him and were sore afraid. The Bible says that when they saw Goliath, the whole army was afraid and they took off running so that had to include Eliab. So why is he calling David names? Insecure people resent and criticize other folk who have confidence. See, sometimes people criticize other folk because they see in other folk what they lack. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So don't get mad at people that criticize you. They just want what you have. You see, you can either be inspired or intimidated by other folk. Now, in the 16th chapter of 1 Samuel, God told Samuel to go and anoint one of Jesse's boys to be king. And Jesse called seven of his sons, and the first son was Eliab. Uh, look at look at the 16th chapter of 1 Samuel, and uh, look at verses 6 and 7. I'm not going to be long at all tonight. It's, 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 it gets warm, and then it gets cool. It's just, it's just a seesaw. 
Are y'all warm again? I am too. Can we get, maybe just get a little ad? Wait, just, just, just to knock, just kind of knock the top off. Just, 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 yeah, just to, and he's going to cut it right back off, I promise, I promise. Look at, look at this, look at this, six and seven. Come on, y'all get in there now, come on, come on. And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. I'm so glad about that. Is something wrong with Eliab's heart? See, when you look at him, he was tall, he, he was intelligent, he was prestigious looking, and Samuel said, yeah, 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 this is the one. And the Lord says, no, 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 he's not the one because I don't see the way man sees. I'm looking at his heart. So they went through all of the brothers and nothing happened and they finally brought David in. Now look at verses 12 and 13. And he sent and brought him in, brought David in. And he was rooting with all of a, a beautiful countenance and, and goodly to look to. Good looking boy. And the Lord says, arise, anoint him, for he be the one. That's my translation. <laughs> then Samuel took the horn of oil. Now listen to the words. And anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now listen, listen to what it says here. It says that David got anointed in the midst of his brothers, including Eliab. So they had to watch him get anointed. They had to watch him get elevated. See, 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 you, you, you sitting around here trying to fight some kind of battle for yourself. You don't have to fight no battle for yourself. Look, the same people that's trying to hold you down, they're going to have to watch you get blessed. <laughs> Lord, I'm about to shout myself. They're going to have to watch you get anointed. They're going to have to watch God elevate you. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, watch me. <laughs> So, so listen, listen. Could this be the reason for all the name calling in chapter 17? David possessed what Eliab wanted. And people who are critical and judgmental really want what you have. So when people start talking about you, start talking about your achievements and talking about how you know, the Lord is blessing your life and talking about your house and your car, talking about your spouse, it may be because... They want what you have. I didn't mean your spouse. I was talking about your car and your house. I mean, let us, let, us, let us pray that they don't want your spouse. So, folk can either be intimidated or inspired by folk on a greater level. 
Now, see, I choose to, to be inspired by people on the next level rather than hating on people on the next level. See, and let me help you. Let me help you. You want to find somebody that, 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 that has more than you have so you can see something bigger. You, you know why? Because you can't expect what you haven't been exposed to. If I, if I can see it, now I can expect it. But I've never seen it. I can't expect it. So when God exposes you, he's just, he's just raising the level of your expectation. It's not time for you to hate. It's time for you to celebrate. Okay, okay. It's, it's a shame, though, that folk envy other folks' success. They don't even know what it took for those people to get to where they are. And I want to tell you what I've learned. People make up stuff on successful people without even knowing them. Look at it. He thank you all that. Look at her. She's stuck up. Yeah, she ain't stuck up. And you've never even had a conversation with this person. But it is, the only thing is you just want what they have. It's amazing how when God starts elevating people, other folk that's supposed to be in faith, They'll start talking crazy. I was, uh, I was uh, riding on the interstate a couple of weeks ago, and traffic got slow, and I pulled up, and there was a preacher next to me. He put the window down. I like your car. It was like that, just like I'm telling you. With no smile, I like your car. I, I said, well... I said, well, thank you. He says, everybody ain't able. And I said, they should be. Yeah. Hey, hey, put the window up and shoom. I ain't got time to hear all that, man. I ain't got time to hear all that. No, no, don't get mad at me. God bless. And listen to me. I just, I got in his word. I believe his word. I practice his word. And, and, and you know, you, you got to reap the benefits of his word. And it's not just for me. It's, just, it's not just for the preacher. God wants you to be blessed. Come here talking. I don't, man, I don't even like to entertain that kind of stuff. Must be nice. We all ain't able. Okay, all right. Well, you said we got the same daddy, but I don't know. So anyway... So how do, we, how do we overcome all of this? You know, sometimes folk don't want to admit things. You know, if you found out that you're insecure just in this, this moment, go ahead and admit it. That's me, Pastor. I'm a little insecure. Some of y'all... Some of y'all, when I, when I said insecurity, you knew there was you, something jumped in you. Like, Jesus. <laughs> Wrong night for me tonight. I'm, deliverance is nigh thee. The Lord, don't, the Lord does not want you to live like that. Again, I want, you, I want you to understand something. That is a miserable life. That is a miserable life. But the truth is, you can overcome it. You can overcome it. I had to... I mean, 
I'll go back to just talking about with my wife. I was so insecure. I was so insecure. And I had to overcome it. I had to realize that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. And see, you've got to realize that for yourself. And so then my attitude changed when I found out who I was. Then I said, well, if she cheated on me, that's going to be, she, she got to be crazy. You got to be crazy to cheat on me. You know, <laughs> and, she, and I said, man, if she going to leave, if she leave me, she got to be crazy to leave all of this. <laughs> got in the mirror and said, boy, look at you, boy. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> Oh, let's get in here. Let's see here. So you can take one of these two routes in life. You can go the world's way or you can go God's way. Let me show you something. Go go to Matthew 7. But you can't get over it. You can't be delivered from it. You can be healed of it. That's not the will of God for your life. You there? Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. And Jesus is speaking. Listen to what he says. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it, was, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So you can go the world's way and build your security on sand or you can go God's way And build your security on the rock. Now, what is the foundation of sand? It is security achieved by what we can do, what we have, or what others think of us. So if my security is based on what I do, or what I have, or what others think of me, then I'm building my security on sand. Come on, listen to me now. Security achieved by what I can do is performance. So I'm trying to feel good about myself, so I base everything on my performance. I'm important because of what I do. And then security achieved by what I have a security based on possessions. So then I only feel good about myself based on the things that I possess. My stuff makes me somebody. I'm always bragging about what I have. I'm on Facebook flossing. I set up all my pictures with the Louis bag just in the background. Because I find my security in my possessions. 
Everybody talk. All I talk about is material stuff. My car, my house, the label in my clothes. What you wearing today? Mm, really? Where they sell that? They don't sell that at Saks. Where's, where did you get that? TJ Maxx? <laughs> and then if my security is based on what others think of me, that's prestige. My whole life is based on what people think. I find my security in people pleasing. I want to just I want everybody to like me. So I become I vacillate. I, I become a politician. I'm saying what everybody wants to hear. I'm over here talking to somebody here saying what they want. Then I'm, I'm at work talking about something else. I just want everybody to like me. I want to be prestigious in the eyes of everybody. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with performance. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with possessions. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with prestige. But what I am saying is my security, when it's built on that, I'm building my life on sand. See, if you remember, when Jesus was in the wilderness, those are the same areas that Satan attacked him in. Performance, prestige, and possessions. He says, if you're the son of God, then turn these stones into bread. That's performance. He says, if you're the son of God, then cast yourself down off the temple and the people will see and then they will shout. That's prestige. He says, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. That's possessions. And Jesus didn't fall for it because he knew that his identity could not be about these things. Who you are has to be anchored in your relationship with God. Did you hear me? Who you are has to be anchored in your relationship with God. I'm nothing without God. I am absolutely nothing. Take all of my stuff. But man, as long as I have God, I'm good. If I, can, if I brag about anything in my life, I'm bragging them on the fact that I'm God's child. I told you, I think it was just recently I was talking about how some guy, going back to a car thing, God said something about a car, and uh, I said, God is good. He said, there you go. God, God, you have to work for it. Yeah, God gave me the job. Yeah, 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 how you go with that? Yeah, yeah, well, God, well, well, well you have to have a brain to, 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 uh, to get the job. I said, yeah, God gave me the brain. Man, every turn, every turn in my life, God is there. I... I have to give him glory. I have to give him glory because my security is based on him. Tell somebody, say it's all about him. Now let me say this to you. God's way to security is his love. If you want to be stable in your life, then you have to be perfected in the love of God. Go to Ephesians 3 for me. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. 
You there? That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints that uh, what is the breadth and length and depth and, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Listen. Our security, our identity, does not come from the conditional love of other people. We don't base our security or our identity on some person loving us because people change. Our security and our identity does not come from our accomplishments because they fade away. Our security or identity does not come from our circumstances because circumstances change. Our security and identity comes from knowing that God loves us. My security and my identity comes from knowing that God loves me. And you know what? His love is unconditional. So, so, so I don't have to please anybody. You see, if you like me, good. If you don't, good. You know why? Because God loves me. So I'm not going to lose my mind because somebody, somebody doesn't like me. Listen, God loves me. I am God's child. And my security and my identity is rooted in his love. And his love is unconditional. Anybody glad that his love is unconditional? See, 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 people, they love you conditionally. See, I have to do everything right for some folk to love me. Some people get moody. Sometimes they, you know, they want to speak to me. Sometimes they don't. But God's love is unconditional. See, you may love me, you know, as long as your friends love me. But if your friends fall out with me, you might fall out with me too. But that's not God. God God, God won't change on you when people change on you. So I don't, I don't worry myself with people pleasing. When you're in love with God and your heart's desire is to please God, then your desire to please people will diminish. Now, now, now let me say this to you. I want to even this out. This has to go both ways. My security is based on the unconditional love of God, but I must also show that unconditional love to other folk. Did, did you hear that? Did you hear that? So, so we've, got, we, we've got to say that I'm, I'm not going to be critical anymore because the love of God is on the inside of me. And now I'm going to see people the way God sees them. I, I'm not going to set myself up as some kind of judge, and I'm not going to be critical because God doesn't see them that way. We got to get rid of these judgmental, critical spirits. That is not the love of God. And some folk, and, you know, some of you looking at me right now, you criticize everything, everything. I mean, it could be something positive, and you criticize it. God's not pleased with that. Look how you're looking at me with your negative self. I got some people looking at me all mean. You, you got to stop all the, man, 
when I started with the kids, I mean, people will criticize anything. When I started uh, with the shopping for the kids for Christmas, uh, the underprivileged kids, and the first time I just, I just went crazy. I went and uh, this is right after Katrina. I gave each kid $250 and I shut Toys R Us down on veterans and the store was just for us. And the kids had a ball. They had so much money they didn't know what to spend it on. <laughs> After that was over, some person that used to go to church here said, hmm, why you had to give them all that money for toys? They could have used that money for food. I said, the government got the food. I got the toys. <laughs> but, but some folk, will, yeah, they got the, they got the, what them cards, what them cards? It's a snap, snap. It's a snap card? Snap, well, the, the, the government's, the government's snapping. I'm, I'm, I, I got the toys. But people, some people will criticize everything. And see, God can't bless you when you're, you're so critical. Now, some of y'all look at me, you know, and if I ask you to hold your hand, I know you're not going to do it. But, but you know that this is for you. you. You criticize and you're judgmental about everything, and God wants you delivered from that man. God can't bless you when you're talking about other folk. Oh, you know why, you know why I don't judge and I'm not critical? God has had so much mercy on me. And because of that, I've learned how to have mercy on other folks. What we, what we get messed up at is we get to this level in our spiritual lives and we feel like we're above other folk. And so we start looking down on people and, and then now you feel like, oh, you've been drinking? Oh my God, how dare you? Well, you used to be a drinker and God delivered you. And if God delivered you, can he deliver somebody else? Where are my ex-drinkers? Where are my ex-drinkers? Some of y'all look at me like, ex? Sister Commodore, Sister Commodore, Sister Commodore said if it was all night, it was all right. <laughs> that was some old ballroom talk right there, Sister Commodore. <laughs> that wasn't club, that was ballroom talk. It was a hole in the wall, hole in the wall ballroom talk right there. <laughs> That's back when he was drinking them highballs, look. <laughs> So like, <laughs> oh, all right, calm down. <laughs> I got to close. I got to close. I'm like, <laughs> woo, yeah. Look, I want y'all to confess something. Come on, let's go. We, we, we gonna confess. I'm gonna show this. Jesus. 
Say this. Everybody take a deep breath. <laughs> I'm redeemed from insecurity. I'm redeemed from excuse making. I'm redeemed from people pleasing. I'm redeemed from a controlling personality. I'm redeemed from a critical and judgmental attitude. I'm now rooted and grounded in the love of God. God loves me. God loves me unconditionally. And he loves me with an everlasting love. And I love people unconditionally and with an everlasting love. And God's love dwells in me in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. No more insecurities. We hope the word you've just heard has blessed you. If you'd like to order other messages or series, please go online to destinychristian.org or call 985-653-9006. Thank you for being a part of this ministry. Destiny Christian Center. Destiny demands diligence, so never quit. God bless you.